Ephionians, welcome back. It's Monday. Today we're going to take our Bible study lesson from the Jesus Code 52 Scripture, Questions Every Believer Should Answer by O.S. Hawkins. And we're going to talk about Saul. Saul was a man who would later be transformed to Paul and go on to live and work and do the will of God. But before he became Paul, Saul was very uh, angry and he despised anybody who said that they believed in God or Christ Jesus. He, he really, he just despised them and he wanted to kill as many um, believers as he could because they were just speaking uh, against what he believed. So on his way to Damascus, Saul's way to Damascus, he was confronted by the Spirit of God. And when he was, it knocked him down to his knees. It also blinded him um, because he was on a mission to destroy anybody that was spreading the gospel. And God asked him, why do you persecute me, Saul? Why? Why do you have so much hate and disdain in your heart for me? And Saul was, you know, who, who is this? Who, who are you? And, and when God spoke to Saul's heart, He said, Who are you, Lord? The risen Christ revealed himself to Saul, who, trembling and astonished, asked, Lord, what do you want me to do? Now you think about this, okay? For those who may be non-believers or may believe, you know, that there is no God, and you have a life-altering moment where you meet the Holy Spirit, you meet him head on. And I'm telling you, based on what has happened to me in my life, it is very frightening. It is very frightening. And when you are in the presence of the Spirit of God, it is something that I can't, I don't think anybody can really describe because everybody has their own um experience right you have your own experience but it is a one thing that I can say that I know is true that I've read and I've seen throughout the Bible through all the people that have have met God in some sort of way every person has had that trembling and that that a fear of this is something powerful because it will knock you to your knees. It will shake you to your core. And the beautiful thing, when that moment happens, it does take you aback. And you are startled and you are fearful. But then there's something very peaceful when you know it's God that will come over. When you're meant to hear what is being said versus being afraid of what is being said or how you hear it or what you see. And so I imagine this is the same thing that must have happened to Saul at that time. 
And Saul was stricken. His sight was taken away from him for three days. For three days, Saul did not have sight. But Saul was to continue on his mission. But he did not have any sight. Because for Saul, it was about sight. It was all about what he saw, you know, and how he it angered him to see people um, glorifying God. But God took his sight away so that he could listen more because Saul needed to listen. But Saul also needed to believe that what he was fighting against was something that he could not win. He couldn't win. And no matter how many people he might have killed prior to that um, encounter, that divine encounter, that would be the last of the people that he would kill. And so... God told Saul at that time that he was changing his name and his name no longer would be considered Saul of Taurus, but now he would be Paul, the passionate preacher who from his own pen gave us almost half of the New Testament, having found God's will for him in his life. Because that main question, what do you want me to do? How many of us have asked God today, what do we want? Or what does he want us to do for him? That's the better way to put it. What does he want you to do? Have you asked him? I think that if we asked and we truly was seeking an answer, you will get an answer. You will know. You will know. And so... When Paul asked this question, it's a question that every one of us should ask the Lord. And each of us, in a unique way, we all have the thumbprint of God within us. And that means that there's many things, many things that we can do. We may not all have the same gift. We may not all have the same calling. But we all have the same spirit that is in us, that God has given to us. So there is a job for every one of us to do, but we have to be ready to ask him, Lord, what do you want me to do? And so it is no wonder that God has a job for you to do that no one else can do quite like you can. Paul never stopped asking this question. Too many of God's people, however, take the opposite approach and each morning say, Lord, here are my orders for today. Bless me, take care of my family, meet this need for me, and strengthen or straighten out the other person. I know I've done that. I still do it. And I catch myself when I can because most of the time I'm too clueless to even realize that this is what I continue to do. But... I am grateful for being able to wake up every morning, to be able to clothe myself, feed myself, bathe myself, um, and drive and move around and see and hear and smell. But oftentimes I forget to say, Lord, what do you want me to do this day? Even this day, what do you want me to do? Because there is something that he wants me to do. But if I am clueless and I am too busy asking him, Lord, this is what I need. Can you make this happen? I'm going to miss that opportunity to go out and do what he has required of me to do for that day. 
So that should be part of our conversation with God on a daily basis. Yes, we ask him for the bigger picture, you know, what do I go into? What do I do? Where do I work? How do I get this? So that we can start doing his will. But every day, that should be our question to him. When we wake up, good morning, Father. What would you have me do today? And I'm going to try to do better and make sure that I'm asking that question on a daily basis. Because I don't want to miss those little opportunities that are so subtle that could completely go over my head because I didn't think to ask him, what would he have me do? There is a purpose for our lives accompanied by a divine plan and it existed even before we took our first breath. Through Jeremiah, God frames it. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Wow, when I think about that, man, that is something awesome. Before the seed of a human being was planted in their mother's womb, God had already formed us. He already knew us. He already knew what your name was going to be. He already called you into being. That's why you're here. Because he said your name and he said you are going to live. So that's really powerful. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet in the nations. And like Paul and Jeremiah, you and I have a God-given purpose and a role in his kingdom that was established even before we were born. God knew us. He set us apart from all others. He gave us a job that no one can do quite like you or I. And discovering this amazing truth brings the question, Lord, what do you want me to do? into a clear focus and just think about your testimony as someone who is a Christ-centered person the Lord knew me what an awesome and profound thought that God says to you and me before I formed you Karen in the womb I knew you Jeremiah 1 verse 5 before your own parents even knew you, before they even knew that they were going to have you, I knew you. I formed you. I allowed the seed of your father and the seed of your mother to join together in order to form you, Karen. I allowed that to happen. I didn't have to, but I did. God knew you and me. He didn't merely know we were in the womb. There is nothing remarkable about that. Anyone can conclude that along the way of a mother's pregnancy. But God knew us and God knew you before either. Before we were even conceived. Before we even, that little egg, fertilized egg was implanted in your mother's uterus. He knew you. He knew exactly what you were going to be doing right now. He knew you were going to be listening to this podcast episode today. 
Even if you are 80 years old, 80 years ago, God knew that today you would be sitting here listening to this word. Even if you are sitting behind bars right now, God knew that you would hear this word. He knew you before either of us were even formed in our mother's womb. You are not an accident. There is a specific tailor-made design for your life. He has a purpose and a plan for you. And just think about this. Before you were even born, he knew you. And then the Lord set us apart. God continues to speak through the words of his prophets, Jeremiah, and said, Before you were born, I sanctified you. The word sanctified means that you are separated, set apart, treated as holy. Nothing you did or didn't do brought this sanctification about. He set you apart from all others and considers you sacred. This is another awesome thought. God also set apart a day or week, the Sabbath, to be different from all of the rest as he set apart the tenth, a part, a tenth of our income as holy and separate from the rest. He did the same with you. God not only knew you, but he set you apart from all others. Thus, to use your life for any other reason than to primarily glorify him would be a sacrilege. You are indescribably special to God. Tragically, however, too many people live their entire lives without ever realizing this truth. And I know probably a lot of you would think or feel very special if some billionaire called you out and said, hey, I saw you and I wanted to give you $1 billion because that's how special you are to me. Do you understand this is what God is doing, but even at a greater, a greater amount, amount that cannot even be uh, written down in numbers? Because he's telling you that I saw you before you even came into thought, before your parents even got together, or before your mother had you. I already knew you. I knew you because I loved you and I saw you and that's how special you were to me, that I already knew who you were. And he has given us a job a job for all of us to do, a job that we shouldn't be running from, but we should be running to. You have a gift, and a gift that sometimes does not get used will be taken away. Use your gift. I don't know if it's to teach. I don't know if it's to speak. I don't know if it's to sing. I don't know if it's to dance. I don't know if it's to give, but you have a job that has been assigned to you. And when you realize just how special you are in his eyes, when you realize the value that he has upon your own life, that he has placed upon your life, maybe it will make you more willing to go out and do what it is that he has asked you to do, what he has blessed you to do, what he's gifted you to do. Use your hands, use your mouth, use your your words, use your your heart, use 
the talents that God has given to show the world that he is the only living God, that he is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. There is no other God outside of him. He is the only living God, the only God that can hear you, that can see you, that can change your life. It is only him. There is no other one. Recognize what you've been placed here to do. Don't allow the hatred or the fear or the uncertainty to hold you back because just as he made you, he will fix you to do whatever it is that you're supposed to do in this lifetime for him. So ask yourself today, every morning, Lord, what do you want me to do? And then question yourself, am I following the will of God? Am I doing what he's asking me to do? He will show you. Success and fulfillment in life is in finding the answer to this question for yourself. It is the ability to find God's plan for you and then do it. I've taken up a lot of your time this morning. This was a great conversation because it helped remind me of, you know, I'm not here to live for myself. I'm here to do the will of my father and I have to be diligent and I have to be obedient and I have to be courageous and I have to be strong and I have to move on and just do the will of my father. Whether anybody wants to follow or listen or take heed to the words, I will continue to speak what he lays in my heart. I will speak those words with sincerity and with love and with kindness, not judgment. That's not what I'm here to do. God didn't make me uh, to be judge over anybody. He just told me to speak his words to this people. And those that are willing to listen will hear it, and those who aren't will not. And that's okay. So God bless you guys. Have a beautiful Monday. Sorry I took so much of your time today, but I thank you for being with me. And may everyone that has heard this message be blessed. And may you continue to ask God, what would you have me to do?